Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. I'm Nikki Wright-Meyer filling in for Simi Sarah. And before we get into our next topic, just want to remind you of our question of the day. And you can respond on Twitter at CKNW, or you can call the buzz line, 604-331-BUZZ, 604-331-2899, asking you the question, are you relieved that many media companies are refusing to broadcast images from the graphic video of the New Zealand terror attack? And I can tell you the overwhelming response thus far has been yes. I am relieved that many media companies are refusing to broadcast images, 91%. Online Jim wrote, when someone stages and films a murder because they have a sick need to force the rest of us to watch their crime, we need to deny them the publicity they crave. And he says, I don't need to see someone being shot to know how evil and horrible it is. This violence is out of control. But Laura says, the world needs to see this. We as a race, as a whole, as people with the capacity to sympathize and love, need to come together and open our eyes for too long. We have looked away. I have not seen the video myself. I do not want to see the video. I do not intend to look for this video online. With every fiber of my being, this type of evil disgusts me. I'm okay with this video being made inaccessible. However, I don't think that that should keep us from having an intelligent conversation surrounding whether or not you believe that you should be kept from viewing this content. I can tell you that our parent company has taken the stance that we will not be airing that video. We will not be publishing the manifesto and we will not be giving this terrorist the opportunity to spread his evil ideology. Interestingly enough, though, I just spoke to a terrorism expert. Perhaps you heard that interview about 10, 15 minutes ago. And he said that posting the video may actually work against this terrorist. Instead of helping his cause, people are going to be so disgusted by what they see that it will not help promote his ideology. Although, interestingly enough, that same expert said that we do need to be concerned about any republishing of that manifesto. So I ask you again, our hot question of the day, are you relieved that many media companies are refusing to broadcast images from the graphic video of the New Zealand terror attack? And I can tell you that so far, 91% of people we have polled have said yes. Okay, moving on. Let's bring in Richard Zussman now, Global News Online legislative reporter, to talk about inactive oil and gas wells in B.C., BC's Auditor General says there's almost 7,500 inactive oil and gas wells in the province that have not been properly decommissioned. Richard, welcome to the program. Nikki, my pleasure as always. I'm going to ask you very simply, first and foremost, 
what's a decommissioned or a well that's inactive, I should say? Is this a well that companies have, have drilled in and then found there's, there's nothing else there, there's no more resources left, so they abandon it? Yeah, exactly. And there's a process by which the companies are supposed to go through uh, to properly decommission that well and then uh, return the land back to being usable. And in these cases that the Auditor General found, uh, there are a lot of these, as you mentioned, a surprising, staggering number of these who have not been uh, decommissioned properly uh, that are still out there. And I think one of the big concerns the Auditor General raised is this could end up uh, leaving taxpayers on the hook for a bill. And we're talking about billions of dollars here, not just millions of dollars. We're talking about billions of dollars to clean up these wells. Yeah, Nikki, $3 billion is what we're talking about. And the process is, uh, has steps to it, right? That the companies, the way that the system works in British Columbia is a polluter pay model. So if you uh, create the pollution, then you pay to clean it up. And there's an overseeing body uh, that oversees uh, the work being done, the BC Oil and Gas Commission. But then it's the legislation, the provincial government, that uh, ensures that the rules are being followed. And the Auditor General found that in many cases, the legislation was lacking in terms of the ability to recoup these costs associated with the cleanup. So that could potentially mean billions of dollars of provincial money having to go to cleaning up these decommissioned or orphaned wells. The legislation's improving. There's new rules in place. The NDP uh, have aggressively put in these new rules. Uh, But at the time when the report was done, the Auditor General looked into this. Those rules had not been finalized yet. Uh, the overseeing body, the uh, Oil and Gas Commission that I mentioned, is still working on uh, their own internal regulations. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. So, you know, taxpayers should be, uh, you know, conscious of this issue, that this could be something that comes back to bite the province and taxpayers in the butt. Okay, so anyone who just heard that $3 billion figure and gripped their steering wheel a little tighter or maybe (laughs) spit out their cup of coffee, now we don't have it confirmed yet that that's what the price tag is going to be, that taxpayers will have to pay, but it sounds very likely as though some of this is going to fall on taxpayer shoulders. And Nikki, I think you got it exactly right. Like, I think there's the companies, there'll be more pressure applied to the companies to pick up the bill, in many cases, there could be these uh, well sit empty, sit uh, orphaned uh, for a long, long time, and and the costs aren't recovered for a long, long time, which is which is concerning as well to the environment. Uh, but I think part of this will be covered by the province; a large part of it will not be eventually. But I think the auditor general wanted to flag this issue because it does have the potential. Uh, of high, high cost. So you're right. Don't grip your steering wheel too, too tight. <laughs> it's not gonna, the whole bill isn't going to come. 
but it is sort of this warning sign. And obviously the government's trying to address it with legislation, but it is a warning sign that this could be a problem down the road. So what about those who say, well, just leave the wells as they are, you know, sure. forget about having to clean them up, just leave them as they are. We know that there's health risks associated with that. There's environmental risks as well. What exactly are those risks? Yeah, so I think, you know, anything to do with um, fossil fuels, non-renewables, creates impacts around the carbon economy. Uh, and there's also, you know, impacts as well to the local environment. And so, you know, this is part, part of obviously a bigger, more complex issue around our discussions about how we use non-renewables. But I think that the model here is that the polluter pays and the companies are responsible for this. And there were some um, uh, uh, things raised, some examples raised in this report around companies that, you know, basically walked away from these big cleanup bills because they didn't have any money left. And uh, we need to find a way to make those companies, hold those companies responsible for their actions because it's, you know, they played under a certain set of rules and now they're trying to change the rules now that they've walked away. And I think part of this new legislation will provide the province with more ability to go after these companies, which I think is ultimately what the public wants to see. Do we know at all how this is handled in other provinces? Uh, it's yes, I, I haven't looked. I know that Alberta has a pretty major issue about this as well, Nikki, and I don't know their legislation. I haven't looked into it, but I know that there are stories out there for people around um, how they do it. You know, they, they have because there are a number of energy companies going bankrupt in Alberta, the Supreme Court uh, in the province actually ruled, uh, sorry, the Supreme Court of Canada actually ruled that bankrupt Alberta energy companies can't walk away from their unprofitable wells. Oh, interesting. And so the province there also has power, but now that they have the highest court of the land on their side, uh, that provides additional enforcement to go after these companies who try to abandon the wells. Like, this is, you know, with this fight to, to, you know, get our oil and gas out of the ground and these oil companies exploring, you know, this Supreme Court of Canada ruling is obviously a very significant one uh, that could potentially apply here. But, but this specific example applies to a decision that was made in Alberta uh, because it had become, not, not surprisingly, uh, an issue there as well. So that ruling came out in uh, the end of January of this year, so just a few months ago. Well, that's very interesting. I lived in Alberta for quite a few years, and I can tell you, you know, as you're driving down Highway 1 in the middle of the prairies yeah. there, you're more likely to see an oil jack or a natural gas stack than a tree. So God knows right. that this is an issue they're dealing with. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, the, the economy there is, is based around this industry very heavily. And But I think what people forget is that British Columbia relies very heavily on the industry as well, right? In, in parts of the province, especially the Northeast, there's a huge reliance. And unlike Alberta, where, you know, you drive along Highway 1 through a very busy corridor and you it's part of the infrastructure that exists in that province, um, in BC it's often forgotten, especially for people in Metro Vancouver. But it's obviously a pretty massive part of our economy, and, and this issue is one uh, that, that matters to people, and, and you know that's why the Auditor General decided to take a look at it. Richard Zussman, proving once again what a fabulous and intelligent resource you are for Global <laughs> News, our Global News online legislative reporter. Richard, thank you so much for chatting with us. Yeah, Nicky, my pleasure as always. Have a good show.